0: Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast. We'll be here every week at the Hockey News, catching you up on all the latest from the Western Hockey League. And, of course, uh, with lots of interest in the WHL this year and presumptive uh, number one draft prospect, Connor Bedard, making his way around the league, uh, we will definitely be making sure that we have uh, have plenty of time to touch on what Connor is up to week by week as we go. Um, Every week we'll be covering the three stars of the week, doing some player profiles, and lots more stuff like that. Uh, I'll give you a little bit more of a rundown of what we're up to today in just a minute, but first I want to introduce you to our WHL expert. Uh, This is Liz Child, who is located in the Bay Area. Um, she's been covering the Western league for a few years now, uh, starting out with the Portland winter Hawks. And over the last couple of years, she's expanded her coverage to most of the teams around the WHL. So she knows these players and these teams inside out and, uh, will be a fantastic guide for you in terms of, uh, learning about what's going on. And, uh, in Liz's spare time, because she doesn't get enough hockey in the dub. She also is the team beat writer in the AHL for the San Jose Barracuda. Um, welcome, Liz, and thanks so much for doing this. I can't wait to uh, to learn and, and uh, share this experience with you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Carol, I'm really excited. I mean, you yourself, speaking of spare time, have basically none also. Um, you know, you joined the Hockey News in September, writing features uh, for the site and for the magazine. Uh, which is huge. I was very excited to hear about that. Uh, But also, you know, you grew up in North Vancouver, which is where a a highly talented prospect is coming from this year. Uh, A guy who, you know, a couple people may have heard of, plays for the Regina Pats in the WHL and Connor Medard. So uh, having him right in your backyard, you know, growing up, I mean, he's not there right now, but, I mean, North Vancouver, Vancouver itself is going to have an implosion of just hockey coverage right now and yeah there was sure uh, nobody like
0: connor uh, in my elementary school that's for sure <laughs> um, i remember those kids in their north shore winter club leather jo- uh leather jackets you know in grade five but uh they were not uh they did not turn out to have careers like what we are expecting from connor so it's uh yeah it's a pretty exciting time for uh, for north van and for uh, for the the greater vancouver area in general um let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to get up to today. We're going to try and keep this uh, relatively uh, tight and move it along. We'll start start with this week's three stars. Then uh, we'll be covering our NHL team of the week, which will be a look at each team's WHL prospects and past WHLers that are on their roster. Um, that will be a weekly feature, and we'll be going division by division, so starting with the central division today uh then we've also got a goalie spotlight today a draft eligible player spotlight and uh yeah don't you worry we've got a special segment all about Connor bedard and then uh, another little surprise segment at the end Uh, i'm gonna save that one and tell you about it in a bit so uh let's get going here with the three stars of the week um I will hand this over to uh, to you, Liz, but uh, let me uh, announce them for you so that they get their proper fanfare. Our third star of the week on the Hockey News on the Dub
1: podcast from the Everett Silvertips, center Austin Roost. <laughs> yeah, Austin Roost has been playing outstanding for the Everett Silvertips. You know, he attended um, camp for the Colorado Avalanche rookie camp, was fantastic there, uh, came back and has honestly just taken every opportunity he's gotten. Uh, he is an undrafted prospect. He could have gone last year did not. But right now through nine games, he has nine goals and eight assists. So I think, you know, he's taking just coming back and, and not getting drafted. And I think he took that a little personally and is standing out and really trying to push himself. And last week just had an outstanding set of games. Um it looks like he's poised for a breakout year. He's found some consistency in his game. Hopefully he keeps it up through the rest of the season. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those versatile guys who can play wing. He can play center. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he has. But, yeah, for, for the WHL right now, third star, it's crazy to think that a guy with uh, 17 points in nine games. <laughs> It's <laughs> a
0: So it's a lot about what we've seen over uh, over this last week for sure. Uh, I will also chime in because I can be BC biased from my uh, from my seat here. That uh, Austin Hills from Coldstream, British Columbia, uh, and we got another uh, BC native as the second star position, who also plays for a BC team. Uh, Tyler Palmer is the goalie for the Victoria Royals and uh, comes from Fernie, which is on the uh, eastern side of the province.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit biased here. I did choose three Western Conference guys for this. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, it's just they've been standing out so much. And when you can't pick Connor Bedard coming out of the east, it throws everything off a little bit. Um, (laughs) But Tyler Palmer, another guy who's gone undrafted, which I think is an absolute crime. Uh, Tyler Palmer is one of those goaltenders that you watch. And night after night, you're just like, what is he doing? How is he doing this? He makes, I don't know, four, five, six highlight real stays a night. Um, He's, as of the last game, he's the second highest. He has the second highest shots faced in the league um, at 300. I think at the time, Colby Hay had 306. Um, And they're obviously playing on two very different teams, the Victoria Royals and Edmonton Oil Kings. I mentioned coming off of that incredibly deep run to the Memorial cup. And then you have Victoria who missed playoffs by one point last season. And then they're coming back with a little bit of a vengeance, but the injury bug in Victoria is not helping him out right now. Uh, And yet Tyler Palmer is still keeping his team in that, Hey, we could win this if we just get a little bit more. And that's all he's doing right now. Uh, He's, you know, allowed 30 goals in, you know, Some questionable situations that aren't all on him. Like I said, there's a ton of injuries just in front of him that he's hoping that the team overcomes soon. Um, And he doesn't really have that that veteran backup goaltender anymore. He doesn't have Campbell Arnold, who they released last week. So Tyler Palmer is literally going in every night. And last week, just the work that he did facing the Winnipeg Ice, uh, you know, he kept it a 0-0 score. All the way through the first period, which against the Winnipeg Ice team is is huge, uh, and just looks fantastic. And I think everyone's going to enjoy watching him. Um, and apparently enjoy watching
0: him a lot too. Um, do you think with this workload is that is that sustainable? Is Arnold going to be able to handle that? Or sorry, um, oh god. Uh, Tyler Palmer, is he going to uh, be able to sustain the level that he's playing at on a uh, on an ongoing basis if he keeps carrying so much of the load?
1: Personally, I think he can. Um, you know, he kind of did it towards the end of the season last year, where he was in back-to-back situations. He was playing night after night. Uh, you can't count out Logan Cunningham. We just haven't seen enough of him for me to confidently say like, oh yeah, he's got it when Tyler Palmer can't go. Uh, but as much as he's probably getting a little exhausted and he's probably going to look at the season and be like, man, that was a long one. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, and
0: he's at the point in his career where the more exposure he gets, the better in terms of visibility in front of scouts and, and what the, the next steps of his career might be. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys who's not the tallest netminder. I think he's like six foot six one, uh, which To me, if you ever follow me on Twitter, if you know anything about me, stop talking about goaltender heights. They don't matter. (laughs) We don't care. Uh, But it's just one of those, if he had another two inches, I think the scouts would be all over him. But for some reason, no matter how well he plays, it seems to be nothing. Um, But just being able to watch him this season, I think people are going to, he's going to turn some heads. Um, fantastic that's all that's good stuff
0: to know Um, and as you mentioned we are excluding uh, Connor Bedard from this uh, this three stars section um, partly because it would be kind of a bit of a slam dunk most weeks that he would at least get a spot even if he wasn't necessarily first star every week Um, and since we're giving him his own section later in the show there's no need to uh, touch on him in every part of the program so with that said we will turn to our first star of the week uh out of the seattle thunderbirds not a bc boy he hails from edmonton but i guess that's okay uh on left wing from the thunderbirds at 19 years old our first star of the week is lucas siona
1: yeah he hails from edmonton but you know he's a calgary flames prospect so (laughs) that might be a little point of contention for him a little bit but uh, he came back from Flames camp and has basically gone on a tear. Uh, you know, last week against the Everett Silvertips, which historically are a team that is hard to score against, uh, he and the Seattle Thunderbirds went in, dominated the game, won it 11-3, to which is still mind-boggling to me. Uh, but Lucas Siona put up three goals and then added another three assists in a single game, um, <laughs> which I don't care who you are, what you do you're going to get first stars a week. Like, I, I have a feeling even if Connor Bernard was in this one, I'd probably still be giving it to Lucas Siona because that's just such a massive you know, picking up six points in a game. How do you overcome that? It, it doesn't matter who it's against. Six points is six points. Um, and the fact that he did it against the Everett Silvertips just adds to that level for me. Uh, it looks like he's taken a step forward in his game. He He looked great last season and then has come back and found another level somehow that I, I didn't know that he had even have, uh, And I'm really excited. He's another guy. I just, I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the season. Um, and Seattle had a
0: good run of their own last year in the WHL playoffs. And it seems like they're in a position where they've really picked up where they've left off and uh, still have something to prove. If you want to go buy some of those, uh, some of those themed t-shirts that we see around the hockey world these days.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very exciting, you know. Their their new team hashtag is uh, "Best in the West," which uh, I'm enjoying as a Winter Hawks fan. Uh, it took me a minute to come to terms with all of this, but <laughs> you know, being able to cover this team and just kind of get to know some of the guys, I'm absolutely all for. If they want to go on another deep run again this year, I am here for it. Um,
0: I, uh, I had a chance to speak with, uh, with Reed Schaefer from Seattle, uh, at the, uh, Young Stars Classic in Penticton. Um, and, uh, not only is he just a bundle of good vibes with a big smile on his face 24-7 and just great energy. Um, but yeah, even while he was, you know, working with the Oilers for the first time as his hometown team and everything else, when I asked him about his goals for this year, he was just like... I want to win the dub, the dub with Seattle, so uh, those guys definitely still have have winning on their minds, and I'm excited to see what the uh, what the Thunderbirds are going to get up to this year. Uh, anyways, that wraps up our uh, our three stars for uh, for this week, and we'll have uh, more Reed Schaefer talk coming in uh, future weeks. I am absolutely certain, definitely. Um, but uh, now we move on to our NHL team of the week. As I mentioned, we're uh, we're starting in the Central Division, and we'll be covering the teams alphabetically week week by week. So uh, that gives us the Arizona Coyotes as our uh, our first spotlight team this week. So uh, take it away, Liz. Tell us about the uh, the WHL prospects in the uh, Coyote
1: system. Yeah, well, at the moment they only have one playing in the WHL in Connor Dekey, which I guess is a a pretty big one to have. <laughs> Can't really count him out. Uh, on that powerhouse Winnipeg Ice team that we were discussing a little bit earlier, uh, you know, he's a skills forward that I think the Coyotes are really going to enjoy having in a, in a year or two. Um, you know, the, the big talk around the Coyotes right now is that they're not trying to win. Uh, but I don't know. You, you have guys like Connor Geeky on your team and you have to think in a couple of years, they're going to be climbing that ranking and everyone's going to be watching out for them a little bit more. Uh, you know, in the first eight games of the season, he picked up five goals and two assists. Uh, coming back again, playing on that Winnipeg Ice team, top line center, it's just one of those you can't help but watch him and you can't help but be excited every time you see him on the ice. Um,
0: the ice are certainly Flush with riches up front this year with uh, with geeky as a a first overall draft or a first draft first round draft pick from uh, this past spring as well as uh, Carter Savoy and uh, Carson Lambos as well. they're tearing up the dub, as you said, this year, and probably the uh, the, the top team at the moment. But um, in terms of projection, what do you expect from those three? If you were going to rank them today in terms of um, their, their NHL prospects, which ones do you think uh, will come out on top?
1: So I do think Matthew Savoy has to top that list. Um, and then, you know, Connor Geeky slots right there behind them. Uh, personally, I think at the end of the season, if you ask me this question, uh, Geeky might have risen and taken over that top spot. But at the moment where everything stands, I think that you know Savoy is just going to be hard to top. Lambos himself is going to be incredibly fun to watch. I think everyone should be excited for him. I just don't have him quite as high personally um, as I think. Maybe he's going to prove me wrong and maybe deserve, but I, I just don't have him up there with Savoy and Geeky right now.
0: Uh, And, of course, as you said, Matthew Savoy, not Carter. I was still thinking back to a development camp and the uh, Oilers' prospects because I talked to Carter Savoy there as well before he got injured. And uh, eventually we'll see him back and pursuing his NHL dream as well. But, yes, Matthew Savoy on the ice this year. Um, One of the things I find interesting about Connor Geeky is his big body at 6'4". And the fact that we're seeing early in the NHL season, we're seeing some big guys come out and do big things offensively in kind of a, a new way that we haven't really seen before tage thompson obviously with the sabers kind of set that standard last year and, and earned himself a heck of a contract uh, along the way as well and now uh, this year we've got the uh, beautifully named redwood line in detroit uh, another like fabulous western uh, western reference that's uh, that's your neck of the woods and uh yeah, that's Michael Rasmussen, who is a, a, a Vancouver area uh, product and a, an ex aller. and uh, along with uh, Ilmer Soderblom from Sweden, who is 6'8", and, uh, who's six foot eight, and Oscar Sunquist, who's the 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 midget of that line at six foot three. So, I'm curious to see if this is going to be a trend. If if big bodied guys with soft hands and big skill are going to become more prominent in the NHL? And if so, um, thinking that Connor Geeky might a- might actually be in a situation where he's um, in the right place at the right time in terms of his development.
1: I think so. I mean, honestly, he's one of those guys. You can kind of stick him anywhere. Uh, you put him in front of the net, he's going to find a way to score. You put him on the ice. I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear my cats now. Uh, you put him on the ice, he's going anywhere on the ice. And he's going to find a way to get pucks to guys. Um, I realized I misspoke earlier. He's actually played nine games now and has six goals, three assists. So he's up to his point total since the last time I checked in. Um, and I think he's going to have that perfect time this slot into, you know, what NHL teams are looking for right now.
0: And That's great. It'll be really interesting to watch and to, to see what he can do this season. Um now, there's a couple. You mentioned that um, Geeky is the only drafted prospect from the Dub that's in the uh, in the Coyote system at the moment. Um, as far as uh, other prospects that they have that they've looked at, invited to camp, stuff like that, I think there's a couple other guys as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, actually, out of Tri City, uh, the Tri City Americans, their uh, current import player, uh, out of Czechia, Adam Um was invited to, to rookie camp. He came out he came to San Jose for the rookie faceoff. It's actually really nice that that was out here this year. Got to see a lot of the Western League guys. Um, and I got to see Adam play before he ever got to Tri City for a game. So that was really exciting for me. Um, he was invited to, to rookie camp. He didn't, for me, make the biggest impression other than seeing him out there and just being like, okay, yeah, he's a big guy. He's um, fun to watch. Uh, but I think he definitely could benefit from his time in Tri City. They're gonna do some stuff with him. I hope that is gonna just make him pop in the eyes of anyone watching. Um, he has, like I said, he's a big body. He has the ability to score and be that guy in front of the net. But um, he he absolutely has stuff to work on, and I think just making an impression at this point is going to be big for him. Um, and then obviously we have to talk about you know. Prince Cougars and Edmonton Oil Kings defensemen, uh, both of them, Keaton and Logan DeHaniuk. Uh, they did get some attention last season, not enough from what I would have liked to see people talking about them, uh, but they were both also invited to Coyotes Rookie Camp. They were really fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, they did stand out a little bit more. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be watching them throughout the season, I think, uh hoping that they kind of sit at the top of the list of of the teams for um Edmonton and uh, Prince George
0: um and they are brothers
1: right yes
0: yeah. um and Keaton is 18 and Logan is 20 so um I, again as a vancouver person when i hear about brothers coming up through systems, I tend to think about the sedines. So just want to make sure that we <laughs> clarify that they are in fact uh, different ages, even though they're still at sort of similar points in their, uh, in their development path in the, in the dub right now and, and have garnered some attention from the Coyotes. Um, so that's our NHL spotlight for this week. Next up, uh, probably Liz's personal favorite segment, the uh, the goalie spotlight. In case you haven't uh, noticed, she uh, she's passionate about her net minders. Uh, and so this week, uh, she's gone with uh, the, the 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 hot team, the Winnipeg Ice, and uh, Daniel Hauser. What can you tell us about Daniel and how he's done so far?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, through seven games a season, he has a 9.33 save percentage, and I don't think you can discredit that. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, there's another goaltender out of the East that I feel like everyone's going to be screaming at their screens, being like, oh, how are you not talking about uh, B- Jarnison? But I'm sorry, Daniel Walser, on a team, of a staff team in Winnipeg is still finding ways to be the goaltender that's standing out. Uh, he has an incredible team in front of him. So, you could, you know, in theory just sit there and be like, oh, it's because he has guys in front of him, but he's been doing this since last season, and nobody was talking about him. Uh, he is on the shorter side for a goalie, which again, I know I said don't talk about goalie heights, and now I'm talking about goalie heights, <laughs> but he is a six-foot goalie. And I feel like that's been that thing that people are like, "Yeah, it's fine, whatever. We don't need to talk about him, but Look at a guy like Dustin Wolf, and I mean, it's worth talking about. He has a one sixty nine or one point six nine gold against right now, um, and again, he's just been that consistent netminder for the Ice since the last season, and it deserves a lot more attention. Honestly, um, I could go on probably for another hour just talking about how underrated he's been. Uh, but oh, man, he's fun to watch.
0: That's great. So I, we're good. We've got Daniel on the, uh, on the radar now we'll pay attention to him and make sure that we're not, um, glossing over the fact that Winnipeg's winning all their games just because they've got so much good scoring and, and positive offense happening. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's always fun to root for the underdogs. And so we'll see, uh, you know, what Daniel can do and if he can start drawing a scout's attention despite the fact that he doesn't fit the traditional mold of what uh, what they're looking for, for in terms of netminders this year. Um, a quick aside on Dustin Wolf as well, just because you mentioned him. Um, he was drafted in 2019 here in Vancouver and was the last pick of the last round, I believe. Um, and I was at that draft and was in the middle of writing and trying to finish stuff up as the names were flying by a million miles an hour. And so I wasn't registering very much at all of what was going on. But um, all of a sudden, you know, deep in the uh, in the day, and there's hardly anybody left in this dance, all of a sudden this huge cheer erupts from the stands, <laughs> And out of nowhere, and this hadn't happened <laughs> for like, hours maybe the whole second day and I'm just like what was that and, and somebody's like oh it's it's Dustin Wolf this is amazing I'm like why why are people so excited about Dustin Wolf and it's like yeah he plays in uh in, in Washington and has uh you know and is, is a Washington state native too right I believe uh, no
1: he's actually a California native oh right uh, so yes. he is from out here he's from Gilroy which uh, I'm sorry is fantastic in the fact that the Stockton heat moved to Calgary hurts my soul because Dustin was playing back here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Dustin Wolf went criminally late in that draft and Calgary swooped in and said, all right, no one else was gonna take him.
0: Yeah, and he had a huge contingent of family and friends that had come up to the draft. And again, when you're getting down to the wire like that, the second to last pick, like it was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 people and the cheer was just enormous. So it was just in the moment, it was gratifying to see them all rewarded for their faith and for the effort that they'd made to come and support him. And like you said, I've had the chance to see Wolf play a few times now in Penticton and uh, you know, at at other tournaments on TV and stuff like that. And he, you know, he's got the tools, so it'll be really interesting to see if he can, if if he can make it all the way to the show. Um, I, I, lo- I love that story. He's a great story. Um, anyways, goalies. Um, next up, our draft eligible spotlight for, uh, for this week. Uh, here we turn from uh, Liz's favorite position to Liz's most obsessive team. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Portland Winterhawks this week, our uh, draft eligible player, Oh, who is from Burnaby, so we can get the BC connection in there, too, uh, is uh, defenseman Luca Cagnoni.
1: Yeah, so I promise that it's not going to be this biased every week, <laughs> uh, but I have to talk about Luca Cagnoni. He's one of my favorite defensemen to watch in this draft, and I think that everyone else kind of has started to agree. I think last year he he opened some eyes, um, and now without guys like Clay Hannes in front of him, I think he's gonna stand out even more you know he's on a pairing with a rookie defenseman right now in Carter Southern and and yet they still look great every night uh honestly he's really fun to watch if you haven't heard I did an interview with him uh back in it was like April or May and I asked him what goal song he would choose for himself and he did say he would pick Barbie girl and the (laughs) Winterhawks have come up with a list of player goal songs and let the players choose. So, like, they'll play TNT after the goal, and then after the announcement, they'll play the player song. Luca Kenyoni did, in fact, pick Barbie Girl. So, <laughs> it's fantastic. He's, he's loving it. Uh, it's really fun. But, you know, he has eight points in seven games, uh, three goals, five assists, but he's also reliable as a defenseman. Uh, he's a late 2004 birthday, so technically a little bit older than this draft class. is a, a December birthday. So not really, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but I think it's just, it's his year to shine. Um, I was having a, a talk with some people last year and everyone was saying like, this is going to be Lucas team here soon. And I think that it's already showing. Um, he's already at that point for me. And I think a lot of the fans are <laughs> going to agree. And I think the scouts are going to, are going to hit that point soon too.
0: And what side does he play on? Left. Left, okay, good to know. Yeah, um,
1: and- okay, I had to think about that, yeah,
0: left. <laughs> um, and I'll chime in on the, uh, on the goal song thing too, because uh, I think that's a really smart system that they're using. We've, uh, the Canucks did individual goal songs probably five or six years ago now, and it's so tricky when there's a scramble in front of the net and you don't know who the actual goal scorer is. And that's a lot of pressure for the person who has to uh, hit the button of who they think the song belongs to. And then if they're wrong, it's a, you know, a big scandal in the crowd and they get obliterated on Twitter. So uh, I like the idea that they play the team goal song when the goal is scored. And then once everybody's had a chance to review and figure out who it is, then they can have the uh, the player's goal song and let them have their moment and their, uh, and their individuality when everybody's a little bit more sure about who actually scored
1: yeah it also gives the the players I think a little bit more so you have the traditional goal song where the fans can get into it especially in Portland with the TNT like it's just such a fun environment and then when they say the player's name and you hear their personal goal song just makes it a little more exciting I think for everybody
0: Yeah, and it probably helps tie the goal song to the player a little more distinctly in people's minds as well, rather, you know, if they hear a song for the first time and don't know who it belongs to, then it becomes like almost a, you know, deductive process of having to kind of work it out, which is a lot to ask for fans in the moment when their team has just scored. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> they, they just want to lose their minds and have fun. Um, and as far as fans having fun, the Regina Pats, of course, uh, are delivering that in spades, thanks to Connor Bedard. So uh, <laughs> let's dive into our Connor Bedard watch this week, and you can catch us up on what he's been up to so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they played last night. He picked up another goal. Of course, he did. First player in the league to ten goals. Um, you know. They've only played twelve games so far. He has ten goals, eleven assists, <laughs> a casual twenty-one points in twelve <laughs> games for Connor Bedard. I don't think anybody's surprised by it, but it's never going to stop being fun to talk about. Um, he's taken seventy-six shots on goal through twelve games. Like seventy-six is insane. Uh, but the more insane part to me is that in the last two games, he's only taken the six, the six shots. Uh, he was on a seven. Uh, shot per game pace um, up until game 10, which how, where, when, I, my brain will never comprehend. Um, and then the last two games, oh no, he slowed to only taking three shots on goal per game, <laughs> the last two, <laughs> which is still hilarious to say. Uh, um, he's
0: acting like a normal superstar scorer. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, casual connoverizing. Um, <laughs> You know, through that first 10 games, I feel like a stat that a lot of people had seen online. He's taken 140 shot attempts. Uh, So, to go along with the seven shots on goal, he was averaging 14 shot attempts per game. Just, uh, he's going to be so much fun to watch, and I'm glad we at least have him for this season. For sure. Uh, Um,
0: I I just saw that uh, the Pats game against the Vancouver Giants here locally um at the end of november has now sold out and they've just opened up some standing room seats so uh um the again with the with this being his local market the uh the the hype precedes him into town for sure and um you know with numbers like that it's reassuring to know that nobody's gonna go oh i barely noticed him out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and that's the crazy thing too is I mean, his teammates are great. You know, everyone on his line is picking up points. I don't really know how you wouldn't with a guy like Connor Bard. But on top of that, I've seen some clips where, like, his teammates will, will miss on a pass that he's given them or just anything going on. And my brain just goes, imagine his point total if his teammates were also finishing at the same level he is. <laughs> like, his assists would be absolutely nuts. And it's – I've had a ban, and my friends on Twitter, my, my friends that I talk to all the time, people at where I write, they all know I've had like a ban on his name for almost two, two and a half years now, where I've just been like, all right, nobody talks to me about Conor Gerard, I don't want to hear his name, I'm going to be so tired of it, and now I'm going to be the person making everyone else tired of hearing about him, because you will be hearing about Conor Gerard all year.
0: It's uh, it's our it's our responsibility as as hockey fans to make sure that we give him his due. So, um, it it is what it is, and it's great. And uh, welcome to everybody who has come to the podcast today to hear about Connor Bedard. We will be happy to give you your fix week in and week out. Um, now to finish off today, uh, a little bit of a special note. Um, Another thing that's happening in our local market here in Vancouver next month is the World U17 Challenge, which is going to be taking place at the Giant's Home Rink at the Langley Event Center, as well as out in Delta. Um, And so there are three Canadian teams that will be involved in in this event in uh, Hockey Canada. Release the rosters for those three teams this week. So we've got a couple of weeks still before things kick off there. But uh, Liz, I was hoping that you could just run down the rosters and give us a, a quick idea of the names that jump out at you and uh, and who we should be excited to watch. The 16-year-olds are still, you know, not super well known to a lot of us, and so uh, let's let's get them on the radar and start uh, start you know pinpointing the, the the guys that we should be looking at.
1: Yeah, as far, as far as I'm, you know, concerned, I'm still trying to get a little bit acquainted with some of them as well. They're still new to the league for me. Um, but obviously some of the guys in the Western Conference, I've had my eye on for a while. Um, I'm actually going to flip things around. I have Canada White at the bottom of our talking points here, but I'm going to start with them because that's the team that personally has the guys that I'm not as familiar with. Um, but, you know, Roger McQueen from the Brandon Wheat Kings on Canada White, I heard his name thrown around a lot. I've been able to watch a little bit of him. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, And then Jackson Vaughn, again with the Regina Pats. I feel like everyone's going to be talking about Connor Bedard, but you've got some other rookies and some other young guys on that team that are going to be coming up and trying to be like, yeah, but I'm also on this team. Um, And he's going to get that chance a little bit with this u 17 tournament. Um, and then you have Ryder Ritchie from the Prince Albert Raiders, and he's another name that I've heard a bit. I've heard some talk about him. I don't know quite as much. I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen as many Prince Albert games this season yet. Um, I will be catching up, but uh, I'm excited to watch him. He's one of the names that stands out to me. As people might have some other opinions, and I can't wait to hear them because I want to hear all about every one of the guys on these teams. Um, But then, you know, moving over to Canada Red, I feel like you have to talk about it. Everyone's going to be like, oh, he's just using the name. But he's not just using the name. You have TJ Ginla, who plays for the Seattle Thunderbirds, and he's going to be on this Canada Red team. And hes I'm sorry, you can't not watch him. Uh, Yes, he's, you know, Ginla, you're going to hear the name and be like, oh, my gosh. And yes, he is Jerome Ginla's son. He has that connection, but he is his own player. He's so much fun to watch between him and his sister. Uh, I don't know how you're not talking about the two of them. Um, and then personally for me out of the Spokane chiefs, you have Berkeley Catton, who I've been excited to see this kid come into the league and he has not disappointed. He looks fantastic. Uh, he's really fun to watch. He's, I say, I feel like I say this for a lot of guys. I think I just like watching hockey. I say they're all fun to watch, but they are. <laughs> um, that I'm just excited to see him out there. You know, he's he's been on the Spokane team that's doing well. Like, they're doing their job well. But I want to see what he can do with some other faces as well and uh, just kind of getting out there a little bit more. Um, and then you have Carson Wench from the West uh, – West, I can't say it's his last name. I apologize. Uh, but that was Calgary Hitman, um, who's just another name I think that everyone should keep an eye on. Um before I get to to candle black, because I, I probably have the most to say about this one. Uh, did you have anything that you maybe wanted to add that I missed out on?
0: Oh, I just wanted to uh, to mention what you said about about I that uh, yes, I prefer to think of him as Jade again, this little brother,
1: <laughs> as he should be. <laughs> I think I think that was my plan. Is uh, last year I was like, okay, so uh, Lucas Spankowski is going to be. Uh, Oh my gosh! Now I can't remember his sister's name. Oh, now I feel really bad. Anyway, I was just gonna start referring to all of them as so and so's brother instead of their own name. Um, and Tisha Ginlow was one of those guys of like Jada Ginlow's brother. That's all he is. Uh, <laughs> obviously not. I'm not, I'm not actually gonna do that. But it's a lot. It's a lot more fun to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on to Canada Black. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit backwards in the order that I have here as well, but. Out of the Vancouver Giants, you know, your your home local team, uh, you have Colton Roberts, who I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I know some people who are thinking pretty highly about him. And from what I've seen, they're not wrong. He's going to be that consistent guy. Um, I'm excited to see more of him. Uh, and it's just, I overall, I think the C-17 tournament's got a lot of top talent. I know a lot of guys have been left off of these rosters that have turned some, eye, like raised some eyebrows made some people be like, hmm, what's going on here? But these guys have plenty of time to make their name and, and get in front of scouts and get on team. Uh, and then you also have Clark Caswell out of the Current Broncos, which is, a, I think a team that people have been overlooking a little bit. And so he's probably one of those guys that has slid into the background, but I can't wait for this tournament. So he can sit there and be like, Hey, What's up? I'm also here. uh, And it's going to be really fun. And I'm going to be completely biased here. I feel like, again, anyone who follows me on Twitter, online, has read my stuff, has had to deal with me talking about anybody, knows my number one guy in this tournament is going to, uh, especially on Team Canada Black, is going to be Jordan Gavin from the Tri-City Americans. Uh, Aside from the fact that he is fun hockey He's that guy that I want to watch. He, you know, last season in uh, the, the, oh my gosh, with uh, Delta Hockey Academy, uh, absolutely lit up the CSSHL, uh, which people are going to say, oh, it's a CSSHL, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anyone understands the point base that this kid was on. Uh, but then you throw in the fact that I had a talk with him uh or, Early during camp or over the season or over the summer, he is the nicest guy that you can talk to. When I asked him what he was excited about for you know playing in Tri Cities and going out to Tri Cities, his answer was to go to the schools and kind of do that community outreach. Uh, what teenage boy is saying? Yes, I'm looking forward to doing community outreach and working with the community. Uh, I love watching him on the ice, but I also love him as a person. It's just going to be fantastic uh, seeing him grow. Uh, I've actually had uh, Joel Henderson. I'm sure everyone at this point knows who he is. Um, he's been talking to me about Jordan Gavin, I think, for a year and a half now. So I've been prepared for this kid to come to Tri-Cities and light <laughs> everything up. <laughs> and He has not disappointed, I think. Uh, it's just... I could go on about Jordan Gavin, but I mean, watching his shot, watching his just ability to play make and see the ice, he can work on his skating. I feel like I'm going to say that about so many guys, but he's also at that age. He has time to work on his skating, and as long as he has everything else up to that level, I'm really not that concerned personally. Um, and I'm just, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really uh, looking forward to getting out there and getting a chance to go to look at some of these players for myself uh, when the tournament lands in a couple of weeks. It's running from November 3rd to the 12th um, here in Langley and in Delta. And that's our final segment for today. So uh, thank you so much, Liz, for imparting all your wisdom and sharing uh, so much of your knowledge with us. It's been a ton of fun and looking forward to reconvening next week and digging in again as we continue our tour around the WHL. Um, what, do you, what else are you up to? Tell me about what you've been writing and what
1: else you're working on this week. Uh, well, I've got some fun stuff coming out for the Barracuda. Um, I should have a feature today. Unfortunately, it is not a WHL guy. Uh, the original plan was to have a Derek Kulyak feature coming out today. Uh, some some logistics kind of got in the way of that. The team was on the road last week, uh, so I have a I do have a fun one. I I really enjoyed writing this. Uh, and then next week, I have some Derek Kulyak content coming out. And as a little tidbit for anyone who is listening, who might be a Winterhawks, a Barracuda, or just a WHL fan. Uh, I did talk to Derek Fouillot also about what his goal song would be, and originally he had picked TNT. Uh, He was like, the goal song that was in Portland, that's what I would choose. And I was like, okay, well, Luca Cagnoni picked Barbie Girl. (laughs) And he turned around, and I will give you the inside scoop, is he changed his answer to Lip Gloss by Lil Mama. And if you haven't listened to that, it's also a lot of fun. (laughs) And I think Barbie Girl and Lip Gloss, I think for me, are going to be on that same level, so... If the Barracuda are listening, personalized goal songs, please. Uh,
0: and that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a high standard for everybody else to live up to if uh, if things start moving on in that direction. Um, As for me, I uh, will be at the Canucks home opener tomorrow night against Buffalo. Um, So we've got some pretty sweet WHL alums coming to town in Sabres uniforms in the form of uh, former first round draft picks, Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krabs. So uh, I don't think I've seen either of them live in person. Um, although I do remember Krebs zipping around on his knee scooter at the 2019 draft, cause he was injured at that draft and he and his entourage on their way to do media where, you know, everyone had to like separate like the red seas in order for Krebs to go through. So <laughs> he was, he was hard to miss and very legitimately injured. So, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on his skates and, uh, you know what he's been able to do. Cause it seems like, uh, things have really started to click for him since he got to Buffalo and, uh, and Dylan Cousins is a super fun player to watch as well. Um, and I guess Eric Comrie too. I don't know if he's playing tomorrow night for uh, uh, for the Sabres, but he's been uh, making some noise uh, in Alberta this week as a former Tri-City American. So that's another uh, uh, feather in the cap of the WHL alumni group. So I'm psyched about that. And then uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are coming to town on Monday and I will be chasing down Seth Jarvis to uh, to talk to him for a piece for the magazine. So uh, uh, looking forward to doing that as well. Uh, on the website, I have a profile of Chaz Lucius coming out, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, somewhere in the uh, in the relatively near future. Uh, not strictly a WHL guy, although the Winterhawks do hold his rights, and he is 19 years old. So he's uh, he's. <laughs> First round draft pick of the, uh, of the Winnipeg Jets and has started his season with the Manitoba Moose. And uh, those first couple games went well. So I'm not sure that, uh, that the Jets are looking to send him back to junior at this point uh, after he spent one year in college after he was drafted. But uh, just a little, you know, flag that just in case. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, you can keep an eye out for that uh, profile of Lucius coming up on the Hockey News website very soon. Yeah.
1: I will say, uh, I'm actually bummed for you that uh, when the Sabres are in town, uh, other another first-round draft pick, out of the, well, not out of the WHL, but out of the WHL. No, he is. I don't know why I said not out of the WHL. He's absolutely a former Portland Winterhawk who got drafted out of the Winterhawks. Um, Henry Yokoharu injured last night, and I yeah. hated <laughs> my entire body when I saw that tweet go out. I was like, all right done i can't i can't keep up with this anymore um and then i will say seth jarvis if you get him to open up about random food topics it's really entertaining um just be careful who's around because i may have gotten him in trouble when he was in town last week in san jose (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right i will uh, mind my p's and q's when i when i speak with him and uh, hopefully things will go well all right thanks everybody for uh, for for checking in hope you enjoyed uh episode one uh we have nowhere to go but up from here so uh please hang hang with us and see how things go this season uh looking forward to checking in again this week enjoy the games this weekend